In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. It's been a hot second, hasn't it? And I sound about as fabulous as I feel today. The downside of being sick when you're a podcaster is like you can't talk, and it makes for a really bad podcast. Anyway, welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. This is episode 100, and I had super high hopes to record this amazing episode. And I, I'm not against that. It's just going to have to come at a later date when I can actually make it through an entire episode without coughing, without sneezing, without having some kind of bodily function happening over here. But I'm super stoked to be with you today. I'm so excited to be back on the mic, to be editing. I've got a ton of things that have been batched on the back end. And... I am less than two weeks away from my departure from W2 work. So I am in a really interesting space. It's been a lot of hard work the last couple weeks. The kids are rounding out a lot of activities that they were desiring before we left. And yeah, things are kind of happening over here. So a lot of great, exciting adventures ahead for us at the Dusick family. We have a bit of an RV theme to this episode. And before we get to our guest, I thought I'd share a Facebook post from a book reader. So Diane recently retired and is traveling the country in a travel trailer with her husband. And she shared this that I thought I would share with you. I'm reading an excellent book by a local Wisconsin author, Heidi Dusick, called Beyond Normal. It's about designing experiences in life that bring you joy. Before we had it out on the road, we already knew that we didn't need to see and experience all the normal sights in any given area. Heidi talks about the joy audit to determine what truly adds joy to your life. For us, it's often simplicity. We have no need or desire to see all there is to see. We find joy in a simple hike or a bike ride in anywhere USA, or a cup of coffee or a game of cribbage. Spending time with people we love or reading, playing games on the tablet or phone is part of what we enjoy. We are three hours away from the Grand Canyon, and most will say we have to go. But our joy meter is on high from seeing wild horses in the river, and we don't feel the need to spend any extra money to go to the Grand Canyon. Thank you, Heidi, for reaffirming that we don't need to follow the tourist guide. We are definitely untourists. Yay! If you would like to learn more about our story or about the joy audit, I encourage you to purchase or check out my book at any local library, Beyond Normal, A Field Guide to Embrace Adventure, Explore the Wilderness, and Design an Extraordinary Life with Kids. I think the questions that I get most often is, how do you find your people? And it's a, it's like a trick question. Finding your people is definitely one of the harder tasks in becoming an adventurous family. And when people often ask that, I don't really have a magic formula other than to say, when you know, you know. And when I met Kimberly, I knew. 
Kimberly Crossland is an adventurous mom of two boys residing in southern Arizona. She's the founder of Roadpreneur and Cruising and Campfires, two companies designed to keep families together and living in freedom through travel and entrepreneurship. The goal of both businesses is to inspire meaningful change through the power of strategic, thoughtful approach to both life and business. She's a fellow part-time RVing family avid mountain biker, and chief of all the things, here to share her insights on being and supporting moms on the go. Kimberly Crossland, welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, let's talk just about, so we've got Cruising and Campfires and Roadpreneur, but I think I want to go back to mom of a couple boys, adventurous life, kind of what was the impetus behind these businesses and just time with your family? Tell me, like, take me back to that spot. Oh my goodness. Oh, so before I had kids, I was a little bit delusional about what life was going to look like on the other side. <laughs> As I think all? a lot of moms are, right? I think so. Yeah. So I had a business for myself and I thought, this is perfect. I'm going to stay at home and I'll work when the baby is napping and it'll be so easy and he'll just play at his pack and play while I hammer out this content. It'll be no problem. And of course, life is not what you think it's going to be. It always looks different on the other end of things. And so had my first boy, but my goodness, the sleep cycles were not what the books tell you that they're going to be. Everything is a little bit different. He was not napping some afternoons, some afternoons he was napping too much. And then I was stressed about that. And so very quickly I realized what I thought I was going to do, what my life I thought was going to look like post baby was not what it was going to look like. It looked very different. And that that was okay. That was absolutely okay. But it did take me a little bit to get there. I'm very career driven. And so having that moment where I realized that this work adventure is going to be different than what it was pre-baby, it changed things. I actually just shared a meme yesterday that was, how beautiful is it that we live in this world where we can be moms and we can still run a business while dropping off our kids in our yoga pants. And while that's so true, I part of me feels like it also paints an unrealistic picture because mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. There's mornings that I wake up extra early because I know that I need that focus time. And then there's evenings that I stay up past bedtime, the kids' bedtime, just so I can knock out that extra work. And so it just looks a little bit different. But Throughout that first year of having my first child, um, got pregnant very quickly with our second because, you know, that that's just how it happens. And so it's just great. We wanted to have him close in age. And so when my second child came along, it really took me for a surprise because now I had different sleep schedules and there was always somebody up and there was no working when the baby is napping. It was your, your full-time mom all the time. And I had a little bit of childcare. Um, my mom lives close by, so she came over a couple times um, during the weeks. And so that was nice, but I've still felt they're right on the other side of the door. And so you're still very much tied to your family. And so I learned very quickly just to go along for the ride and just go day to day. And you can't get too mired down with, I don't know what's going to happen. You just have to go with the flow. And that go with the flow has been awesome because experiences that I didn't think we were going to have together, suddenly we're driving an hour to go pick apples in an orchard because they're not sleeping and I want to get them to sleep. But then let's go have fun in the process, you know, so we just roll with it. That's funny because I also think I get asked this question all the time, and I'm sure you do too, is like, how do you do it all? And I, in some way, I feel like we have this, we still have a warped sense of reality of that, you know, I I don't know sometimes how we do it all. But 
do you have things that now that you are somewhat settled in your business and your kids are a little bit older? Have you created some structures that help you so that you can still do your business, right, while you're being a mom? Yeah, absolutely. So systems are a big thing. I don't always feel the most creative, especially after I don't get a lot of good sleep. But then when I do get good sleep, man, I'm a whole new person. And so I know in those moments, that's when I'm going to put the pedal to the metal on doing the creative side of things. And then I leave the transactional side of things like, you know, bookkeeping and stuff that does not get me excited. That's just not my forte at all, but it needs to get done. And so I leave that for those moments when I just know I'm in kind of a slump. I will then turn on, this is a terrible thing to admit, but you know, I'm all about vulnerability. I turn on some (laughs) trashy TV show that I would never watch around my kids, but now I have a moment where I can sit and watch it while I'm also getting that transactional work done that doesn't require a lot of brain power, but just has to get done. And so having that system in place has been really valuable because now I know how to structure my days to show up and I know myself better. And I think that's been such a surprising realization throughout motherhood and entrepreneurship all at the same time, because it has been all at the same time, is I'm starting to get to know myself better and find my own rhythms. And so often I I used to read these articles. uh, This is actually pre-kiddo. I'd read these articles about never check your email before noon. The top CEOs never check their email before noon. And I tried it and I was like, I I just feel stressed by not checking my email. So I thought, you know, maybe we're just going to try it. We're just not going to check our email. We're going to, you know, lean into the morning easily, sip our coffee, do, you know, all the things that we're supposed to do in quotes. And then I'll check my email. And it just never worked for me. And so I realized throughout this journey of motherhood, this journey of entrepreneurship together, just do what works for you and being able to recognize what those things are, those patterns, those behaviors, those systems, whatever you want to call it, being able to recognize what those are, it's so valuable because now you can design your own life and design your own adventure, design your own way of moving through this world with your family. I appreciate you sharing not only those tips, because I think it's easy for us just to make the to-do list, right? The list of everything that has to get done and just feeling the pressure to check those boxes of, oh, this has to get done by this date. I have learned that I'm not overly creative in the morning. It depends, right? Like you don't always have a simple rhythm that's predictable or you have a child that decides they want to be creative with you. (laughs) And so adjusting to those. One of the things I actually, we just talked about, so I'm a member of your roadpreneur, full disclosure. And we talked about this not too long ago is just understanding your energy cycles and understanding like when you are at your peak, when are you designed to be doing the right things at the right time? So I appreciate you just noticing that because I think that's something we don't, we're not really taught those things. Like we're not always self-aware of when are we actually doing our best. We've kind of been ingrained in systems that are designed to say, you have to do all these things. Yeah. So I just think that's a great point. As you were building your business now, because you aren't just running a couple businesses, you're running your businesses and traveling in an RV from time to time. So I also would love you to just dive a little deeper in what are these businesses that you've created and what was the impetus behind even like going deep and understanding the road life? Yeah, that's a really good question. So we bought our very first travel, my very first travel trailer. My husband kind of nudged me into it. I was a little apprehensive because what is this expensive thing that we're going to now have to be storing and where are we going to store? I had all the questions. Mm-hmm. How is everyone going to sleep at night? I'm going to have to do all the cooking. Will I ever feel like I have a vacation? You know, all those things that go through your mind. And he 
I'm really glad he did this because like, nope, we're buying it. You're going to love it. And what's the worst case? We'll just go resell it again if you absolutely hate it. And I thought, okay, let's, let's just try it. Why not? So on my oldest son's second birthday, I was wearing a four-month-old on my chest, <laughs> sleeping, and then holding my two-year-old's hand, newly turned two-year-old, saying, just don't run into traffic, please. And we went and we bought a travel trailer. We got a bumper pole. That's, you know, if you guys like RVs, then, then you know what a bumper pole is. And I thought, okay, cool. I don't speak <laughs> the lingo at all, but now I do know what a bumper pole is. I know how many slides we have and all those things. And we pulled it half an hour away backed it in, which was an, always an adventure to back in a travel trailer with your spouse. So we, I feel like we've got our good rhythm now with it, but you know, it's one of those moments of like, you're just speaking a different language when you're backing in the travel trailer. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. Well, because left is right and right yes. is left. And like, <laughs> there's so many things that you're like, this is not right. Something's, we have walkie talkies, my husband and I, when we're backing, cause I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's funny because we had this conversation, just as a side note, we had this conversation at the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable because I was sitting there watching, we were at our campsite and I was watching another couple back in the trailer and I like, I don't want to say I smacked my husband, but I just kind of like whacked him. I said, you need to see this. Look how they're doing it. They were on their phone and I was, I thought, man, that is genius. Why have we never, instead of yelling at each other or like trying to do these like baseball hand signals, like I'm on third base, you're on first talking to each other, they were just on their phone and it seemed like it worked perfectly. But come to find out, there were two problems with it. They told me this later because I, I went and I complimented them on their back-end style and they said, actually, very often she will forget to take her phone off of Bluetooth. So she doesn't know that she's just talking to herself and then it's like <laughs> she can't hear me and then it's like this whole fiasco, which I think is a really funny visual. And I can totally see myself doing it, which is why it's so relatable. And then also there's a delay. And so you have to kind of like count down the backup process, which I don't think would be the same with a walkie-talkie. Mm, yeah, we feel like walkie-talkies are a little easier because we don't always have cell phone signal. I mean, we have a, a local carrier from Wisconsin. So when we're out places, our phones aren't very reliable, which is, I know people make fun of us. They're like, you have to have the walkie-talkies. I'm like, yeah. We do, but we already had them. So it was just easy to to throw those in. Anyway, I totally derailed <laughs> you from, <laughs> you buy the travel trailer, you're backing in the travel trailer. That's what it was. And uh, so, you know, just keep going with how did you decide to keep exploring this lifestyle and run a business? That's a good question. So I, we backed in the trailer. We had our first night there and I was absolutely hooked on that first night. I thought it was amazing. We were able to sit out by the the campfire, nobody slept that night and it was okay. I woke up still feeling really refreshed and I thought, man, something's different. Something's different about this because I'm not just exhausted. We're not in this daily grind. And so we kept traveling. We'd booked a six night trip next, which again, terrified me, but I'm so glad that we did it. At night five, I was like, we, we're not ready to go home yet. We can't go home yet. I'm loving what we're doing. This is too much fun. Fast forward a couple of years and we were driving home after six nights in Durango, Colorado. That is, we're not full-time RVers, so that's a 12-hour drive from our home in Arizona. And on the drive, we, like you, had no cell phone service. We were in the middle of the Navajo Reservation. It was gorgeous. These beautiful mountains and, and cliffs, and it was colorful, and it was just stunning. And I look in the back seat, and I see my two kids. And one of them is doing this sticker book and he's just calm, but he's awake. And I'm not praying for the sleep so that we can have a hot second to just like decompress or listen to a podcast or something. He was just happy. And then my other son was drawing on his like little magnetic drawer and he was happy. And they were, they were so good. And that 12 hour drive, they did not cry one time. 
We didn't have this, are we there yet? When are we going to get there? What are we doing? I want to get out. There was none of that fuss. And I thought, man, there's something here. And I want more people to experience this. So I, for those few years since I had the two kids and my whole world got turned upside down and, you know, we were, we were exhausted but happy and adventuring every day and nothing looked the same. To that moment, I had been working with a single client because I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I gave myself the grace to say, I cannot go full force. I need to let myself decompress. And this client was eager to hire me and he's so generous, such a good person, such a good company to work for, such a great team. They all knew the season that I was in and they worked with me through it, which was amazing. And I feel very, very fortunate for that. We still work together. But in that moment, I realized I needed to go back into this world of entrepreneurship because I felt like a, I felt ready. I felt you know mentally ready, energetically ready. Our family was ready for me to take that step back into the entrepreneurial world, more entrepreneurial. And then I also felt like this was something that more people needed. You know, and I like I said, I was hesitant to buy that travel trailer. I didn't know what was waiting on the other side of that adventure. And I'm so glad that I did because had we not, we never would have had these moments where we're hearing the elk bugling in the forest, which gives me goosebumps. And I heard it I the, for the first time. I was like, what world am I in and how have I not been here before? Like, this is incredible. Right. And seeing the stars and like these little things and then just having these experiences out with your kids. The other part of it is that getting our kids outside sometimes feels really difficult. And I hesitate to say this because I live in Arizona. We have 12 months where we can get outside. So, you know, we don't have the crazy winters. <laughs> we do have crazy summers, but then you just play in the water. But being able to get our kids outside, I knew was so important. It was such a value to me that I wanted to also create something where I could instill that same value in the family structure. Because I've seen firsthand when kids go outside, they've got more confidence they, their behavior changes. I joke around with my friends that if my kids are crazy and running around inside, I scream, get outside. And they all run outside. And it's like the cloud lifts. Yes. And they're different and they're more calm. And they still have plenty of energy. They're still very playful and very imaginative, but it's a different type of energy. It's it almost just changing that environment. One of the teachers at my kid's school who I absolutely adore, she's been with our family throughout all of the grades that they've gone to this preschool, but she has a saying, you can't change the kid, but you can change the environment. And I love that because when you can get them into a different setting, yeah, they're just going to it just changes everyone's behavior and their everyone's mental space. And isn't that the same for RVing? And so I decided in that moment, I'm going to start something where I, a company where I could help families pursue those kinds of RV adventures because I was scared to buy the RV. I still barely know how to hook up and unhook it, if I'm honest. Fair. Again, a vulnerable moment. But, you know, we all have our skills. Engineering is not one of mine. <laughs> I'm learning and I've done it before, but I still have my my checklist that I go through, which I don't think is a problem. But you can still get outside without having to know everything. And you can still go out and explore, whether it's a half an hour away from your house or 12 hours away, you're still able to get out and explore and just try something new. And we've had all sorts of experiences at RV campgrounds. We've had terrible ones too. I'd say 95% of the time it's excellent. So I wanted to have something where I could inspire families to get outside. It started by focusing on the children because in that moment, on that Navajo reservation, when I looked in the back seat, 
I was looking at my kids so happy and I wanted to put together these kits where I could keep the kids happy at the campground or keep the kids happy in the in the car. And so I started my business around that. In starting it, I felt like something wasn't quite right. And I listened to an interview with Melissa from Melissa and Doug. She they make the toys, the the wooden toys yeah. that yeah, yeah. everybody knows and loves. Yeah. And I listened to an interview with her and she said that she fell into this deep depression. And I thought, oh my goodness, I can see I'm on that same trajectory. If I continue with this, this is not the path that lights me up. I love my children, but do I want to be in the children's industry for the rest of my career? Probably not. And I realized what I really wanted to do is help the moms and help the person who was me two years ago, afraid of buying the RV, afraid of what was on the other side of those adventures. I wanted to help them take that first step, take that leap and know that it was going to be okay. And then also supply them with some goodies to make it easier because you don't have to do all the cooking all the time. The packing does not have to be overwhelming. You don't have to always find ways to entertain your children without always having to hear, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. That's where things have taken shape over the last few years of transforming from putting together kids' kits to now I serve the moms, the RV moms who want to just get out there and explore because that's where I feel like I'm in my sweet spot now. It feels right. You touched on so many things that I want to pause and just take a note on because I think what you have highlighted over the last several weeks, I have been meeting with a bunch of parents who have this desire to take an RV trip but don't know where to start, you know, and there is that overwhelm. And so I appreciate your story just to recognize that we're all in different spots and most of us have been where you have been at that point, right? When I remember when we were going to buy our first RV, I was like, no, we're renting it first and then I'm never going to drive a trailer. So if you think I'm going to drive this thing across the country, you have another thing going for you. And there were just so many little factors right behind why we ended up buying an RV. I never would have thought. In fact, I adamantly was against RVing for the longest time. I told my husband, I was like, we're never going to be one of those people. And I mean it like with (laughs) love now because I didn't know what that meant. To me, an RVer was someone who parked their RV at a permanent campsite and that was their cabin. And I was like, I want to travel the world. I don't want to be at one spot. And now that we have the RV, I say like, no, this is our vacation house on wheels. But your stories about your boys are exactly what we've experienced with our kids where they travel so much better and we'll go camping and they'll be exhausted. And it's just, it's very different than our traditional traveling. So it's very fascinating that we have very different stories and yet some of those experiences overlap. Do you have a sense, just to talk about your kids for a second, about RVing, if you don't mind, do you have a sense, is it just because you guys are getting outside because it's so much more accessible every day? Well, you know, is it just more the mindset? I don't know. I'm just kind of curious, like what makes it so much different from traditional travel or life at home? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I grew up traveling internationally. I rarely traveled domestically, which is kind of strange. We would get on a very long plane ride. We'd go overseas and um, it was beautiful. And I got to know different cultures and different people and I loved it. And I want to do more of that in our future. We will do more of that for sure when they get to the right age for it. But it was a different type of travel. It was more structured. And when I reflect on it, we had a tour guide. We were in the hotel lobby having breakfast at 8. We were on the road by 9. These were your bathroom stops. This is what you're going to see. You're going to make your way down this path, come out the other side, get in the van, go to the next stop. And that was great. There was a lot of value in it. We had excellent conversations with our tour guides because we got to know people who worked and lived in the area. And so that was really fun. 
also got to know our tour mates, I guess you can call them, where they were in the van with us for, you know, hours on end. So we got to know them and that was excellent, but it was so structured. What I love about camping is it doesn't have to be structured and every routine is healthy for children. I'm an advocate for bedtimes. I'm an advocate for naps when they are the right age for it. And yet I also think there's such beauty in just saying, you know what, you're going to be able to stay up a little bit extra late tonight because I want you to be able to see the stars and not feeling like you're punishing yourself for that as a mom or they're going to derail their their whole routine and we're going to have to spend two weeks getting back on course. That's exhausting and I feel like you miss out on so many different things. And it took me a while, admittedly, it took me a while to give myself that grace to say, nope, it's okay that they're going to stay up about another extra hour because they're now watching a movie with some brand new friends that they just met down at the pavilion. And I can see them and it's great for them. and They're happy. And then they wake up the next day and they're still happy. And you think, man, I don't need to have it so rigid. I like when they're able to get outside. We have found little tiny adventures at our campsite. Like we will do, we'll have our quiet time at our campsite. And so we'll have ideas for activities that they can do. So for example, painting rocks is a big one. They go out and they find the rocks, they bring them back. And then we're we're engaging with nature, we're engaging with each other, we're sitting down and we're resting. So rather than pushing the nap, forcing them to stay in their bunk, forcing, you know, all these different things, we can just let them still decompress in different ways by offering those invitations to do focused activities or quiet activities. And then when they're really excited and ready to explore, I also have found that we still need to put up some boundaries. Boundaries are healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up the guardrails around them and, and just saying, this is this is where you can go. So for example, we have at the campground, they're now almost five and six years old. So they're a little bit older. They're able to roam a little bit further. But our rule is you have to always be able to see the, the travel trailer. The caveat, of course, is if it's a busy parking lot or busy road. Sometimes we've gotten campsites that are not in the best there's just a lot of traffic. And so the boundaries look different. And so we talk through that with them and it's good for them. They get to know these boundaries, but they also feel like they've got freedom at the same time. And that's where the big difference between what I grew up doing, those international trips, which were awesome and incredible and I would not change any of those for the world. But that's where there's a little bit of a difference is Mm -hmm. you can't just go for a walk in in Kenya when there's like baboons on the trail and you never know what wildlife you're going to see, but you can when you're boondocking in Arizona. Yeah, there's still coyotes and stuff, but our kids now know you can see the travel trailer, you're safe and we can see you even though you're all the way over there and I can't hear your conversation. We'll give them walkie talkies and they go really far. So just like you, and they feel like they've got this freedom. And I think that sense of freedom, that, that sense of independence is really healthy. It's really healthy for kids. Yeah, the autonomy, right? They get this opportunity to do something that's on their terms. They get to play a little bit outside the box, right? That it's not so much so structured. I I love that comment. And I think that's interesting because we found that even with RV, we want to slow down a lot more, right? There's so much more. We want to stop and see things. Or if we're not feeling it, like I don't want to be beholden to this reservation for the night, you know? So we, we go both ways. And I think that is one of the magic pieces of, of RVing and, and camping life. I do want to dive into a little bit. Um, you mentioned these kits. So can you talk a little bit more about the kits, like what what's in them and how are you supporting the moms while traveling? Yeah, that's a good question because I've, I've actually 
stop the kids, the children's kits. So I no longer have those. What I have right now is a subscription box, which I know a lot of people are like a subscription box in the camping world. And how much camping stuff do you need? And aren't you supposed to travel light? I totally get all those questions. So what I've done is this is unlike your typical, and that's not a dig on any other outdoor boxes, but this is a different outdoor box because this one is specific for sparking adventure with your family at the campsite. So in every single box, I've thought really long and hard about my own personal journey as a mom who loves, who now loves to RV, but didn't always know she was going to love to RV <laughs> way back when. And I've realized that there were a few things that I really needed. I needed to make sure that we did not have these moments of I'm bored, I'm bored, and I just want, I personally just want to have a hot second to sit down and maybe read a book for once at the campsite and really unwind and have not feel like I'm left needing a vacation from vacation. That was the big thing. Mm -hmm. With these boxes, my goal is that you don't feel like you need a vacation from the vacation. So inside every box, there's something that's going to make meal prep, which is such a big stress because we all deserve a break from meal prep. There's something there that makes that easy. There's a product there and an idea there that's going to make organization easy because when our space is full of clutter and our campsite's full of clutter, we're full of clutter mentally and energetically. We just feel drained by seeing this at the campsite. So that's also there. And then um, something fun, something fun for the moms, something fun for the family. For example, last month we had uh, last month's box was for October and it was kind of a Halloweenish theme, but I, I wanted to make it more outdoorsy, not your typical spooky vibes. Mm-hmm. And so I said, are you afraid of the dark? Because admittedly, I'm a little afraid of the dark. That darkness can look very expansive when you're in the middle of nowhere. And it's, but it's still that fun spookiness that, you know, you can get over it because it's actually really cool when you look up and see all the stars. So, but that was the theme for the box. And so I wanted things to be, uh, the items to be around being around the campfire and enjoying the darkness and finding the warmth in that darkness and that connection. And so the fun item in there was a campfire deck where you can just pull a card and say, okay, let's all tell a story about our favorite memory camping. That might be too simplistic, but you know, it gives you an idea of the prompt. And so instead of asking your, your kids questions, like, what do you love? And, you know, I don't know, just trying to yeah. unpack their brains. because <laughs> Yeah, to try to get kids to talk to you and not be like, uh, yes, right? <laughs> That's right. what this is going to help me. <laughs> More than that one word answer. Exactly. Exactly. And so these prompts are different. They're kind of designed around cracking that conversation open instead of these yes or no questions. I heard Dr. Lehman, who's a child psychologist, speak a few years ago, and he said, never ask a kid a question because they will not want to answer it. And they, when they feel pestered, like they, it's a struggle for them to answer it. But if you open up the door to conversation, now they're going to answer it. So every night, for example, this is kind of a little side note, but it fits right into the, the prompts. Every night before bed, I ask my kids or I tell my kids, tell me three things. And then they can choose whatever they want to tell me about their day. Sometimes it's something like, this is what I want for breakfast. Sometimes it's, why did these kids not play with me? Some, you know, something a little bit deeper. So it can go all across the board. But this is a great way I found to hear what's on their heart and to understand what's going on and get them to talk to you. And then you can make these memories instead of finding that you're done at the campfire, you're all going to bed and you haven't really had that conversation that you're hoping to have and that connection with your kids. So those are the kinds of things that I that I put in the box. And I really try and focus it on having fun and building those memories with your family because that's to me what our is all about. Yeah. Those are thank you for those examples. I think that gives and and even those insights, you know, you, 
the conversation starters are one thing, right? It's one thing to ask questions, like you said, but even that tip around what are three things? Tell me three things. It doesn't put as much pressure on. So even having that conversation starter is really helpful. I want to circle back to this conversation, though, around running a business, because I'm also thinking, like, how do you run a business when you're camping all the time? Because I think there's a lot of things that just require you to sit down and focus and get stuff done. You know, we started at the beginning of the episode a little bit talking about that. And you don't want to be working on your business while you're on the road all the time. So how have you figured that piece of it out? That's where systems come in super handy. So I do have my lists, but I also know that every list is not meant to have every single box checked. There's a few boxes that have to get checked. I have commitments to clients. I have commitments to my members inside my membership. I have commitments to my students when I'm running my Roadpreneur School. So there are commitments and I have those must do tasks to the extent that I can. I front load those when I'm at home and I'm in the focused work zone or work method, I am able to get all of that done. So I can pre-schedule a lot. The beauty of automation today and technology today is that we can get out ahead of things. And so when I am feeling the most creative and when I do have the opportunity to really sit down and focus, now my kids are in school more often, it's nice that I can get that done. And then I also have my tasks that I can do from the road. So for example, I do a lot of social media scheduling from the road because I can have just a one minute to write a quick caption and then another minute to just design using my thumbs on my phone, a Canva template to post on social media. And that way I I get it done. I get it scheduled and it's out of my brain. So when we're at the campsite, I can really pause and I can think. I am a morning person. And so when we are camping and we do a cell phone service, I like to wake up and I I like to check my email. I like to just do that mental check-in and say, There's no fires to put out. I'm good. I can unwind for the rest of the day. To me, that's actually more refreshing because I've recognized that about myself, but not to everybody. Some people like to do it at the end of the day. Some people like to do it at lunch, whenever you like to do it. But it's okay to have those moments of check-in as long as you don't let it spiral into several hours. That's when things get a little helter-skelter. You know, you get a little bit distracted. Yeah. The other thing is I'm very careful with when I schedule calls. So I... I protect my schedule very, very closely. I try hard to be very selective about when I jump on a phone call. And that's because I want to leave that room for creativity. That's because I found that it's such a productivity suck. And I really never, ever want to cut a hike short or a mountain bike ride short. We love mountain biking in our family. I never want to cut any of that short so I can go get on Zoom. Mm-hmm. or sit in the trailer on Zoom while everyone's outside playing. That's really difficult. One of the things I actually loved about the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable, when I did bring my entire family camping, so you got to meet all the yeah. all the fun, <laughs> the behind-the-scenes fun. But one of the things I loved about it was that it was okay for – I knew when I had my sessions inside, and I was able to fully focus on those. But I also knew that we're going to be able to have dinner together. Mm-hmm. My kids are going to have their friends to play with. And so we're still able to have those connections. So it's nice to bring those worlds together, but also have them separated. And so just having that plan for how you schedule your trip and how you how you maximize your time, knowing your own productivity preferences, I guess you can say, is a really good way to do that. And then, of course, breaking it up between these are the tasks that I do on travel days. This is what I'm going to let myself do at the campsite. And I'm not going to let myself do more than that. 
And then this is what I'm going to do when I'm home and how I can really front load as much as I can so that I can really unhook and unwind and untether myself from that phone for a little bit. Yeah. And you're highlighting, you know, you found what works for you and you've built your systems around it. So if you are off grid, that's fine. You know that you scheduled around it, but it doesn't mean you have to be off grid either. I mean, I think sometimes we assume that camping means X, right? Or this is what it looks like. And the truth is it's a, it's a pretty broad spectrum and what people like and what that experience is. And I think that's true in adventure. You know, adventure doesn't have to be mountain climbing. It's it's very true with camping too. You know, camping can be roughing it and hard and attend if that's what you like, or it can be pretty luxurious. Quite honestly, it, with hot tubs, I've been it's been a funny exposure. Sometimes I'm like, "There's hot tubs here." <laughs> we almost laugh. But I think you've given a really good example too that you've learned from those different experiences what works for you, what works for your family, making those adjustments. And I just really appreciate the fact that you've you've shared all of those different systems, but also knowing yourself. And I think that is really key to being successful, not even successful, but like thriving in the space, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you'd like to share with my listeners or that you'd like to follow up on from something earlier that we talked about? No, but I do want to just highlight what you just said with a big giant yellow highlighter because it's so important that we don't put adventure in a box and we don't feel we don't get down on ourselves if we aren't adventuring quote unquote enough. And I think that word enough just weighs so heavily on our society today and especially around adventure. When you look at the outdoor space, and you see these people, like you said, climbing the mountains, scaling Everest, going on these crazy, crazy excursions and think, well, if I'm not doing that, I'm not adventuring. I, I mentioned that I love to go mountain biking with my kids. And sometimes it's a half mile mountain bike ride because they're just not feeling it. And I say, that's fine. We tried. We'll turn right back around. We're not going to push it. And then the next time they go for five miles and they love every second, they want to go further. So just knowing that you can be flexible with what adventure looks like. And allowing yourself that grace that you don't have to be in a tent in 30 degree weather for you to still be adventuring. You can wake up with a space heater that looks like this beautiful fireplace and have your hot cup of coffee in your RV. And I still believe that that's an adventure. It's just breaking away from the routine sometimes and also allowing yourself to lean into where you're the most comfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Kimberly, if people want to follow you, check you out, check your website out, can you share where they can find you and your social media handles? Yeah, I'm in all the places. <laughs> I'm on I'm on Facebook at Cruising and Campfires, also on Instagram. Those are the two platforms I'm most active on. And then also at Roadpreneur on Facebook and on Instagram. And I have a Roadpreneur podcast. So if you do want to build a business, come give it a listen and, and come say hi to me on Instagram. I like to hear from people. Fabulous. Well, thank Kimberly, thank you so much. This has been such a fabulous conversation. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Kimberly. These are the key takeaways from this episode. Number one, go along for the ride is the parenting philosophy that worked for her. It helped her not get mired down in the day-to-day -day monotony. Number two, knowing yourself and carving out the creative work after a good night's sleep was important, but also recognizing when you're exhausted, it was time for transactional work. It was important to get to know herself and lean into the systems and structures that work for her. Number three, Kimberly had all the questions about buying a travel trailer. She's so glad she did because what was waiting for her on the other side is now something she helps other families experience. Number four, Getting kids outside changes their behavior. 
the cloud of chaos lifts and they are able to do a complete reset. Number five, you can't change the kid, but you can change the environment. Number six, traditional travel was much more structured. While it's great to have that, camping allows for unstructured play. Time for discovery that allows deliberate family time and also allows independence and autonomy is where her family thrives. Number seven, spark conversations with kids versus asking them questions using prompts such as tell me three things allows you to have deeper conversations to hear more about what's on your child's heart. Number eight, there's nothing to kill your energy more than having to cut a hike or a bike ride short only to jump on a Zoom call. Front-loading the work and creating systems and utilizing automations has allowed her to find the right balance between work and play. Number nine, don't put adventure in a box. Don't get down on yourself for not being adventurous enough, quote unquote. You can decide what adventure looks like for your family and whatever that is, is what it is. Thank you so much for tolerating my voice, for handling this episode. I'm so glad to be back on the mic, regardless of what this episode sounds like from me. I hope you still found great value from this interview, from this episode, and I can't wait to talk with you again next week. Until then, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.